Hello and welcome to the Future of Learning podcast show. I'm your host, Lloyd Dean, and today we have an extra special guest with us to talk about his performance problem canvas, and that guest is Mr. James Finder. How are you, James? Hello. Good. Thank you for having me, Lloyd. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for letting me be on the show. No worries. Thank you. And um, little did the audience know, but this is our second time of doing the introductions because I had the faux pas of not pressing record. So thank you for your patience. James, ah, thank you. you take a, a minute or so just to introduce yourself, what you're about, your interest within um, learning as well? Sure. Uh, I, I've been uh, uh, involved in learning and development since 2009 at, when I started as an English language trainer in South Korea, in Suwon, South Korea. Um, and then in 2015, I founded my own company here in Denver, Colorado called Promethean Learning Experience Design. And I've been an independent consultant and e-learning developer since 2015. Um, I developed a performance problem canvas uh, late, uh, late last year, early this year, um, as a result of a, uh, of a Google Venture-style design sprint, um, which has really changed uh, how I look at my business, how I look at myself as a professional, um, and where I want to go uh, in developing uh, learning and development uh, content and strategies for organizations. Excellent. Before we go into the canvas, where, where was the name uh, Promethean? Where, what's the rationale and story behind that? Well, the, uh, the, there's a Greek mythology about Prometheus, the Titan, who brought Stealing fire. The, to, the fire. That yeah, well, br- yeah, brought fire to humans, um, and that's that's what I want to do with with organizations: is bring bring new light to difficult problems, or bring new solutions to old problems, or even new problems that they may not have thought of, or just didn't have the ability to to wrap their hands around. Um, that's one of the benefits of being in, in part of a really great network of a lot of like-minded individuals like yourself, uh, Lori Niles Hoffman, uh, Bianca Bauman, Lynn McNamee, uh, Peter, Peter Manish Reiber, and the list goes on. Um, there's a lot of really great people that I've been a part of who've been willing to share information with me, share knowledge with me, and I want to give back. Um, I want to be able to contribute, give back, and get people better. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if we go into the performance problem canvas, then for anyone listening on, onto the onto the podcast show here, I would say that this episode is also on YouTube. So James will share the the problem canvas. It'll also be in the notes as well. Um, but that's just a little internal plug there. Um, but in my mind, teams within, let's say, learning and development might go and chat with uh, someone from in the business, a range of different levels, multiple different business business units. And there's always this challenge, really, that you might have someone who's really, really good at this process, someone who, who is okay, or maybe someone who's really good at, uh, is this a problem? Someone else is really good at the solution mode. And then having looked at your problem canvas, I think it, 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 it's quite exciting it will enable a lot of people especially those leading teams to really standardize um, what's required and also to be you know as lean and as efficient as as possible is that a fair reflection and can we just start the conversation by diving into uh, the problem canvas and where you would you know our bums on the seat or is it even before but as we're arranging the meeting what are the key things you would start with Certainly. Uh, well, the the first part is is 
gathering the stakeholders together that we need to get. And typically in an ideal state, we'll have maybe four to five people in a, in a room where we're going to be able to complete this canvas. Uh, ideally, it would be the, the leadership stakeholder, whoever's, whoever's on the line for creating the solution to the problem would be involved in that meeting. Um, somebody who's involved is at, with a subject matter, uh, an expert in the subject matter would also be involved so they can bring their expertise to how to solve this problem. Um, uh, someone from their learning and development department, if such person exists, uh, and myself or someone else who's, uh, who's experienced using the, the canvas would be ideal. Um, and ideally, we would have a, maybe two to three hours to complete this nine square canvas uh, on, on you know, coming up with a purpose statement, which equals something we use, you know, some kind of measurement we use already will either Excuse increase me. or decrease by some time as our audience performs a specific task uh, that we identified during the canvas, right? Uh, so that's that's where I would start. Now, in an, I, like we said, that's all ideal state. So this may be, you know, several meetings uh, over, over a couple of... Uh, hours or this may be one meeting um, so it really can be flexible uh, to, to meet specific needs or specific time needs uh, for every organization okay and so we've got everyone into the room then um, and, and I agree with you it's there will be gray areas but I think like anything right you just use common sense around this um, sure you've got everyone into the room what's the you know talk us through the the, the steps sure so, like I said, there's a nine. There's a, there are um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine squares on the canvas, and we'll start with the top left square on the canvas. The task required, and this is as easy as identifying what do you need your people to be able to do. This isn't about our people need to know uh, what the functions of our uh, software are, or this is not. Um, people need to know where to, uh, people need to know um, the dimensions of a specific or specifications of a specific product. You want, the real focus is we want an action, right? We want something that our people are going to be able to do, right? Um, and the next step, of, go ahead. Well, I was go going to say, I think a lot of people might be reflecting as they listen to you and saying, well, actually, we haven't, we haven't defined specifically and tangibly that there's a business problem, you know, there's my Joey fingers. Um, right. But that's part of the process. So I'd ask anyone thinking that just to be patient and let us go through, through everything. Sure, sure. So the, like what a lot of organizations I have noticed uh, during my independent consultancy as well as even as an English language trainer in South Korea was – we were so focused on content knowledge that we were never we were never focusing on what we wanted our people to do. Um, I saw this all the time with students. Our, I saw students in South Korea consistently taking um, multiple choice or fill in the blank tests or English quizzes. But when I actually asked them how their day was going or what kind of food they liked, and I left the script of, hello, how are you? My name is, what's the weather? They became very scared, um, unsure of themselves, and weren't able to um, perform 
the task of speaking English. And I've seen this um, happen throughout business uh, in in my, like I said, in my independent consultancy, right? We, we, you know, what I used for this example canvas was I used a sales organization. Um, we want, uh, we wanted to, you know, at the, well, let me get to the end. I'll, let me go through the canvas and we'll yeah, get sure. to the purpose statements. Um, so we'll start at the top left, the task required. What do you need your people to be able to do? And, uh, you know, next we'll go to the top right. You identify your target audience. You know who is your audience. You need to be specific. Um, identify the more specific you can be with your target audience, the better your training content's going to be, or the better your development content's going to be in the end. Right? The more specific your content, uh, the more relevant it is to those people, and the more they're going to get out of it. Right. So an example of a target audience would be team members that are responsible for inbound customer support requests or team members that are responsible for hosting sales webinars weekly or team members that are responsible for handling uh, internal support tickets, right? By laser focusing your audience, you can really, you can get a lot of information. You can figure out what these people actually do. You can actually talk to them, right? You've identified who do we need to talk to. Now let's go talk to them, right? The next step is going to be uh, going back left. What's holding us back? Why aren't the people doing it right now? Do we even know that there's a problem, right? Do the people that you've identified as your target audience know that there's a gap between their performance and what your organization wants to do right now? Most of the time, they don't know, right? It's business as usual. And I think common right? sense is not always common action. If you hear this this statement in this part, you're thinking, yeah, of course, it makes sense. But not everyone does it. The vast majority of people, I don't think, really do this, really define the problem. We are, you know, glorified Argos um, store. We get our little code number and we wait for the order, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I'll take an, ex an experience that I had. Um, I was, a, I was a, a part of an IT team and we... We didn't know that there was a problem because that was how things would have been done. We were handling customer support tickets, internal customer support tickets. Um, and we didn't know that there was a problem uh, until we tried to figure out how were we going to combine two, two desks together, right? Two service desks together, right? An internal and an external team. Um, and we realized, or they started to realize leadership at the time started to realize uh, we have a we have a problem here because we have two different sets of um, standards and and SOPs for two separate desks, right? How do we combine those together, right? Um, why aren't our people doing it right now? Well, they have two different SOPs, right? Desk A is following standard procedure one. Desk B is following standard procedure two. If we're going to combine the two together, well, that's going to really hold us back because we have two different sets of uh, standard operating procedures, mm -hmm. right? Or, um, you know, things like that. Yeah. Uh, go no, no, carry on. And then following what's holding us back, you're going to go down the uh, canvas to key metrics. And we're identifying business metrics that are currently measured right now that are the targets for improvement. Now we have it. So I want to notice, I want to stop here. We haven't talked about how things are going to improve yet. We've talked about 
what we want our people to do, who the people are, and why they aren't doing it now. Right? We haven't talked about what success looks like, and now is what we're going to be talking about what success starts to look like. One question right? I would have on the key metrics, you mentioned you specifically use the words, the metrics we have available to us. But what's, what's saying you, what if they don't have the metrics, but they're telling you um, something's holding you back? How can you, how can you take an objective standpoint to that? A little curveball for you there, James. <laughs> uh, uh, well, th- I, that is a problem for a lot of organizations. And then if we don't know, that's okay. Right? If there's a hole in the canvas that we, we don't know what metrics we need to improve right now. That's a hole in the canvas and we need to do more research there. We need to put our brains together and really try to fig- figure out mm. what what do we want? Okay, what do we want to measure, right? In terms of sales calls, do we want to increase sales calls? Do we want to reduce customer tickets? Do we want to reduce time to entry uh, for data? I mean, th- there are things that we can identify that we want to measure, even if we aren't measuring them now. Let's, okay, we've identified we're not measuring anything. What in an ideal state would we want to be measuring? Valid point. I think the right. further analysis is um, that's where my head was at. If if that was not answered. sure, no, t- certainly. Um, again, following that, we're going to keep going down the canvas to past attempts. Have, what have we tried before? Has it worked? Have we any ideas that we've shelved due to time, budget, something else? Right. A lot of times, organizations they think they need to reinvent the wheel. They need to create a new e-learning from a old PowerPoint that uh, is really just a rehash of a instructor-led training, right? Um, I really like this, ha- um, this one, the inclusion of this. Uh, have Matt we- Ash, the, um, the learning renegade, he uh, talks a lot about pre-mortems and how you know, the typical lessons learned approach doesn't always work. And that's the feeling I have um, as you talk about have we tried this before? Has anyone else tried this in a different business unit, et cetera, et cetera? I think there's yeah. a lot to be learned in there. I, what's what's impressive to me is oftentimes organizations don't know uh, or they think they need to reinvent the wheel every time. And I've, I have seen from my own personal experience, especially in a couple of different industries, one being cannabis is a big industry that I've seen this a lot. Everyone believes that Uh, They have to have some brand new idea in order to be successful in the cannabis industry here in the United States um, because it's a a nascent industry. It's growing really, really fast, and they have to have the best and brightest or shiniest or uh, whatever problem or whatever solution it is, whatever adjective you'd like to use. But what what I recognized... You know, one of the one of the people I first met in the industry, his name's Keegan Peterson. He's the uh, CEO of Work W U R K. When when I met him in 2016, he said to me, he said we we were talking about employee development in the cannabis industry, and he said, you realize this is a big, this is just a big uh, retail environment with a volatile supply chain, right? That's that's what the cannabis industry is. It's it is a re at, at this state in Colorado is a frontline retail business with a volatile supply chain. We're not doing anything really different than um, CVS is doing or um, Blockbuster or uh, Petco, 
right? These are all frontline service industries where we have uh, a customer interacting with a sales associate who probably has a manager and there are certain standard operating procedures for any kind of retail environment that we can follow. We don't need to reinvent the wheel here, right? So that's that's where that really came from, this past attempts. Um, it's really been focused on, you know, we don't need to, we don't need to, it doesn't need to always be groundbreaking or earth shattering, right? Sometimes the simplest, the Occam's razor, sometimes the simplest solution is the best solution, mm-hmm. right? Where do we go on from uh, here then? Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go right to partners. Uh, who can we work with to make this great? Has anyone else done something similar? What can we learn from others? This comes directly from Bianca Bauman uh, over at GP Strategies. Um, she she can, she talks a lot about uh, involving the marketing team in developing learning and development content and learning and development strategies. And Lynn McNamee as well has talked a lot about just because your people are employees of your organization doesn't mean they stop being consumers, right? So partner with your marketing team because that's what that's what learning and development content is. You need to market it to your people to make sure uh, that the message is going out that this is valuable content. If it's just going out on an LMS and then it goes out on a SharePoint announcement that, hey, there's new, there's new content on the LMS, how many people are really going to, I'd like to know, how many people are really going to access that content? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, makes sense. I, again, I think that fits in with some of the previous guests we've had on the show as well, in, in particular Mike, Mike Taylor. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah, I know Mike and, and, and Bianca are, are, have worked together before. I've seen them uh, present as well before, so I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, going north... Or going up on the canvas, we're going to go to channels. Uh, how are we going to reach our learners, right? Um, like I said, if it's just an announcement on a SharePoint, that's probably not good enough. Uh, so let's think about other ways. How do our how do our consumers, how do our employees currently access information within the organization, right? What are what are you doing right now to get information about your organization? Do you go on? Do you go on a Google Drive? Do you go on a Trello board? Do you go on a an Airtable? Do you go to a website, uh, a SharePoint? I, I don't know. It's going to be a unique for every every organization, right? But that's going to be unique to your organization. How do we reach our learners? Uh, is it through text messages? I, I don't know. Whatever works for for them. Um, and then going up again to unfair advantage. Every organization is unique. What do we do different that makes us unique, right? What's the special spin that we're going to be able to put on our our content, or what's the special spin we're going to put on our process that's going to make it ours, right? What what is that about us, right? Again, and that that's, that's nearly always missed out um, from both. I would say vend- sometimes vendors to an organization, but also an organization's team when they might go out and horizon scan or look at what's new and emerging or some cool fancy stuff sometimes they forget that you know maybe that won't work yeah. here or maybe we need to refine um this thing we want to try and what the and what this really focuses on is what has the brand or what is the organization already invested in already uh, you the organization has put a lot of time, money, and effort into becoming unique and becoming a player in the in the space that they're in, 
right? There's no reason to waste that, right? What makes you, what makes you the best in the business? What makes you the people, uh, what makes you attractive to customers, right? What, what do we do differently? For example, um, we personally, we personally call all of our clients once a week or, um, we, we hold, uh, team we hold team meetings uh every week every friday in the in the in the mess hall right i I don't know what that is but what do we do that makes us unique that we can improve and we can tie in to our current uh to our development of our employees or of our people in order to to make this better for them let's let's bring it back to them right and then at the end you're going to come to this purpose statement which is the whole reason you've created this canvas. It's going to look like this. It's going to be something we already use or we'd like to use. We'll go up or down by a specific date as our audience performs a specific task, right? So for example, um, our inbound calls will increase by 3% by the end of the quarter as we host more webinars, right? That is a clear purpose statement for a training objective. Right. That is a clear goal. Right. It's not uh, our employees will know the uh, features of our webinar software. Yeah. Right. While that's important to hosting more webinars, we need to actually our people need to host more webinars. Right. That's the goal we want. Um, so how are we going to get there? Right. That the, the idea of the canvas is to get you to create a problem statement or a purpose statement for why we're creating this training. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And thank you for going um, through, through that. And I, again, I would presume then you go, th- that's all agreed. Everyone's in the room, everyone, you go through setting out the roles and, but this purpose statement, it's, uh, I like it because everyone is again, standardized is the word I used at the start into what success is. Um, and there's been a, an objective way to get there that's as lean as possible, right? You know, yeah, rather than yeah. Um, re- reinventing the wheel. Yeah, we don't have to spin our wheels here. We This is a process that's been, listen, Jake Knapp over at, you know, did did the Google Venture Sprint uh, process. And this is built partly on that, partly on some of the work Kathy Moore has done. Uh, if you look at, there's some similarities between the purpose statement and her sort of action mapping purpose statement. Um, so there's, there are pieces where I've taken from Stanford's D school to the, to, uh, for, for design thinking. So some of the pieces that I'll, uh, when we're actually doing this process, right. To, to facilitate ideas and there are, there are tools and techniques, which I'm not going to, uh, really get into right now, cause, but, um, within that sort of meeting space that there are other tools that go with the canvas, um, you know, uh, and strategies that can help facilitate that process. Or, you know, if we don't know how to identify what's holding us back, there are other tools to go into that box, right. To help facilitate that thinking, right. Whether it's, uh, something like crazy eights or, um, how could we's, uh, which are all part of uh, Stanford's D school, those sort of questions and answers, um, and strategies come from Stanford's D school, uh, like I said, Kathy Moore's action mapping, Ash Moira's lean canvas, Jake Knapp's Google Venture Sprint methodology. We're sort of all, I took what I found the best 
of or the best of all of these things uh, in my own experience because I've used them all before, right? As a professional, I've been involved in a Google Venture style sprint. Um, I've participated in hackathons using a sprint methodology. Uh, I've used Kathy Moore's methodology as an independent consultant uh, to do action mapping. Um, and I've used Ash Moira's like lean canvas as well during a hackathon uh, to really make this work, right? So I know this works. Uh, I took the best pieces of what I thought could really fit for learning and development uh, for organizational and employee development and put it all together. Mm-hmm. And that's how I came up with the performance. And I think what we'll do in the, um, well, if someone's listening to this, in the pod- podcast notes or the YouTube notes, all of the links, we'll get them from you and we'll share those out so people can sure, dig around yeah, the references totally. themselves. And we did actually discuss going through um, some other bits and pieces, but I, I think it might make sense, James, to bring you back for that because I think yeah. um, the pro- performance problem canvas is a really great tool. So good kudos to you and the guys who... who Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate this. it. Thank you so much. And I gen- I, what I like about it, I generally think when people look at it, they can take it away and they can use it tomorrow. They can use it in the next meeting, they, you know, at any given time. And that's a sign of a, right. something that adds value. Um, and sure, if people have got um, some feedback for you or ways to refine it, they can reach out yeah. to you um, re- and we'll get those notes uh, at the end. Certainly. Uh, yeah, I, the best way to get a hold of me is through LinkedIn or um, email james at getplexed.com, G-E-T-P-L-E-X-D.com. If you have questions or comments about the canvas, I'd I'd love to hear them. I'm always trying to make it a little bit better. Uh, And and feel free to to edit this um, as you you need for your organization. It's a a PowerPoint to to fit for you. It's a tool for your organization to get something done. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, And that's the goal. Yeah, yeah, we we kind of go. We're like finishing here, but I've got a couple more questions. So, um, sure. But we've got your contact details uh, already. I'll clock that to myself. So, um, so a couple of quick fire questions then. Um, what sources or resources are you learning from right now? Uh, what sources or resources am I learning from right now? Right now, I'm learning a lot from podcasting. Uh, I. I'm currently subscribed to 55 different podcasts on my <laughs> podcast feeder right now. Um, so I'm consuming a lot of content, audio, uh, using audio. Um, I'm also, Reddit has been a, a big source of learning for me. And Slack. Mm-hmm. I have been I've been lucky enough to be involved with some really large Slack organizations. Uh, Hacking HR is one of them. Um, with uh, it, it's been really interesting, but also some really small um, or really tightly niched focused uh, like Learning Renegades, um, online network of independent learning professionals have both been really really. Uh, useful and I've just loved the community in both of those organizations, you know, both of those groups I've really been able to um, gain a lot and learn a lot um, in those and it's uh, really- com- communities if if you could recommend people follow one person who would that be? 
Everyone oh, always bottles this a... question, by the way. They're like, I can't, I can't say just one. I'm going to offend people, but let's try and go for one. Let's try and do it. One person, if I could follow one person right now, and it's the only person, so I'm deleting everybody else off of Twitter. You're not deleting them. Just, You're just like, well, you know, I'm one just saying, you got like, one more space at a dinner table. Who are you going to bring? <laughs> so I have one space at a dinner table, or I have only one more? One. One. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Go ahead and say a couple. It's all good. <laughs> uh, well, um, if it were one, man, I don't know. That's tough. Uh, Kathy Moore. And you, did say. you mention Kathy's work quite a lot in yeah. helping helping with she's, the canvas? Her, yeah, she's really one of the cornerstones of of what I've done. I, I I wouldn't I'll put it this way. I wouldn't be I wouldn't I wouldn't understand what I understand about learning and development today had I not read action mapping and her blog posts on I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I am today mm-hmm. without that. Okay, um, thank you. And um if you could change one thing about your industry, what would it be? Stop importing PowerPoints into Storyline. Okay. Why? <laughs> uh, honestly, I think that's that's a, a big crutch for for um, for a lot of organizations. They're able to see um, they see the existing instructor led training that exists that someone put a lot of time into uh, for for their ILT, and they want to put it into e learning. What? Well, unfortunately, what a lot of organizations don't understand uh, is ILT is not asynchronous. Um, it requires synchronicity between the instructor and the learner, right? And e-learning is asynchronous. It's self-paced, and it requires different, different interactivity, different cogitation, and different... It requires a different mindset. Right, you can't. It's like trying to shove a square peg into a round hole. Mm-hmm. It's not going to fit. It may fit sometimes, but it's not going to fit all the time. Um, and more often than not, it's not going to fit. And it's going to be a waste of time, a big spend of budget, and it's going to have very little return on investment. Like we were talking about earlier, new content goes up on the LMS and becomes a SharePoint announcement. How many people are taking that that content? How many people are accessing it? Uh, and when they do access it, it's just click next to continue e-learning, right? I think that's a big problem. Uh, I think there are some people that are really doing a lot of great stuff to try to change that. Christy Tucker uh, is really uh, one of the people I've I've been seeing a lot doing a lot of this scenario problem-based learning. Uh, Dr. David Chandros uh, talking a lot about gamification um, and really the usefulness and applying gamification in a real way in an, an appropriate way rather than just leaderboards and and coins um, I think uh, I think what Lori Niles Hoffman's doing with with digital body language is also another thing um, that that organizations could really take a hold of um, again it goes back to what I was saying SharePoint announcement LMS 
Now, when are your people are your people even going to it? And her focus is on how do your how do your people currently uh, interact with content, right? And tracking that, um, and really doing something with it, which I think is really important. Yeah, yeah, cool. Thank you. We've already done how listeners can get in touch with you, um, but again, if if they've not tracked that, look at the show notes. Everything will be there. I just want to say, James. Thank you for, for coming on to the show and going through the canvas with us. It's been the pleasure's been mine and we hope you can come back. We I hope you can come back onto the show in the future and go through some other great stuff you're working on. Oh, thank you, Lloyd. I really appreciate it and I and I wanna thank everyone that I gave uh, that I mentioned during the podcast. Thank you so much for uh, being part of my professional network and uh, really helping me grow as a professional, as an individual, um, and as a learner. I feel like I learn something new um, from, from someone in my professional network every day, and I'm, and I'm so grateful uh, to have those people in my network. Um, you know, and the people who have really stood by me, uh, you know, when things have been kind of low and, and, and when things have been really flush, you know, those people have always been there for me in my professional network. So I'm really... Uh, I'm really grateful for them. And thank you so much for having me on the show. Pleasure. Have a great day. Take care. You too, Lloyd. Thank you.